So if you're like me this week on social media, on the radio, on TV, you may have kept hurting, hearing this phrase rather uh, called social distancing. The importance of trying to set ourselves apart from large groups in order to help slow the spread of the coronavirus. It kind of goes against every one of my pastoral and spiritual instincts to want to say yes to social distancing. After all, this is the place, the church is supposed to be the place where we come together. And what's most interesting to me then when I think about this passage we've just read, the story of four friends in this place called Capernaum, the thing that strikes me most is the fact that this is a story about connection. I picked this story a long time ago preparing for this sermon series, and I could not have possibly known that we would be talking about connection in the very week when we have canceled worship when we're living in this time where we're told to stop connecting. Here's what I mean when I say it's a story of connection. First, I wanna show you a picture that we took this summer when we were in Capernaum on our pilgrimage, members of this church and Christ Church and the Temple in Brunswick. We were there at this site and that's what it is. It's an archeological site. There's not much you can make sense of there without having some sort of educated guide with you to tell you what all the rocks mean and to help paint a picture for you of what it would have looked like in Jesus' time. But when you're there, you're struck by two things. The first thing is that you are right on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. You can't tell it in the picture, but we're less than 100 yards from the water that's gently lapping up on the seashore, the same today as it did in Jesus' time when he was in that very same place. The other thing you notice though when you're there is how close all the homes were together. This picture to you probably just looks like a bunch of sort of brown rocks, but in fact, if you look closely, you can see the outline of the individual homes. But what you'll notice is there aren't any driveways or backyards or things to make it beautiful from the outside. These homes are all packed on top of each other. One of the things you learn about the ancient world is that poor people lived closest to the water. Rich people who could afford to have things brought up to them lived high in the hills where there would be a nice breeze. But the poorer people in villages like Capernaum, they live there by the water to make their living, to fish for their food, to have an easy access to that thing we all need to survive, which is water. It's a story about connection because it's a place where connection was vital. These communities, these homes were so close together because people depended on each other for survival. There was no individual bank account, so to speak. Everyone helped everyone else. And that's how you lived. The other thing about this story, though, that makes it one of connection are these four friends. Four friends who are literally, it seems, willing to do anything for one another. Because one of the friends is paralyzed. He's unable to go fish the water. Perhaps he's never been able to throughout his life. And yet there is a bond that he has with these four others that compel them when they hear this teacher, this healer has come to town to bring their friend 
to him in hopes that he might be healed, he might be restored to that community that is so vital. And that's what they do. They take their friend, and nothing can stop them either, right? Because when they get near to where Jesus is, they encounter all of these crowds, and they can't get through the crowds with this stretcher, this mat. And so they devise another way. They won't be stopped. They climb onto the roofs and they perhaps jump and carefully take their friend over a small alleyway until they are on the roof of the home that Jesus is in. And they carefully cut out a hole in the roof and they lower their friend to this healer, this Jesus. It takes incredible connection to make four people want to do that for another. This is a story of connection coming to us in a time of distance. And so what it makes me want to ask is this. In this time when we are not worshiping together this morning, how can we still connect with one another? What are the ways we can continue to seek healing and share love with those that we know, both in this church, but also in our networks of family and friends and the community around us? There are a few things I think that we can do. I think we can pray for one another, for starters. I think we can pick up the phone and we can call on those those neighbors, those, those people we're used to sitting next to in church, or perhaps even the person you met for the very first time last Sunday. We can pick up the phone and call them and just ask, how are you doing? To say to one another, I'm praying for you. There's a connection in that. And if you're able, you can take it a step further. You can call that person and you can ask them, can I go get your groceries for you this week? Can I pick up your medicine and leave it by your door? There are lots of ways for us to connect. And the pastors and staff certainly want you to know that in this time, the church is not closed for business. In fact, this may be the very time where the church can be the church at its best. Come by. Come by by yourself or, or with a small group of others. Come visit with me, with Annie, with Ada, with others in our church and on our staff. Let us know how you're doing. Let's pray for one another together. This is an opportunity for us to live out this story that we read today from Mark's Gospel. This story of connection. Because the thing about this story is we cannot forget how it ends. It ends with a healing. I mean, come on. I picked this story a long time ago. How could I have picked or known without the help of the Holy Spirit that we would be talking about Jesus healing in a time where I think for most of us we have never lived before where there is such sickness. This story of connection ends in healing. Now, in this sanctuary, that's kind of a metaphor for us a little bit. We can maybe find some hope in this story that one day the roofs that, or the holes rather, that we have cut in our own roof will be put back together. 
Not long from now, we will all gather in this finished space and we will continue worshiping God and doing church and ministry in the name of Jesus Christ together. But there is other kinds of healing in this story too, because wherever that hole has been cut in our roof, either in interrupting our work or our routines or our plans, we receive a promise here that Jesus will heal. Jesus will bring it back together. And perhaps even in this time of distance, there is healing for us. Perhaps we will find rekindled connections with one another like we have never known before in the midst of that distance. That through those phone calls, through those prayers, through those one-on-one -on -one conversations and visits we might have for one another in this week and in the weeks ahead, we will find a new and deeper connection. One perhaps that we have been yearning for for a long time. It's a story of healing, and it's a story of connection coming to us in a time of sickness, in a time of distance. Friends, just like the church isn't closed, Jesus' healing, Jesus' love, Jesus' hope, it's not closed either. Jesus is just as present with us now in this space as Jesus was all those years ago as four friends lowered through a hole in the roof their friend who was in need of a healing. Friends, may we know that peace, may we know that love, and may we know that healing in these days too. So for our closing prayer, uh, I want to give a little bit of a backstory. When you're at Capernaum today, you find this modern octagonal church that's built on stilts, and underneath it is another octagonal church, the ruins of one at least, from the 4th century CE. And that church was built over what was believed to be the ruins of St. Peter's house. Oftentimes, wherever you travel in the Holy Land and you come to these modern churches that have been built on ancient sites, you'll find other pilgrims from all around the world who are worshiping in those sanctuaries together. When we were at Capernaum, there was a group from another country, a Spanish-language-speaking speaking country, I don't know which, but they were worshiping in this sanctuary, and the doors to it were open, and, and the, the sounds of their beautiful singing poured out on us as we visited and learned about the site underneath. At some point I took my phone out and I just started recording the audio of them singing praises to God in this place where they experience connection. Connection with history, yes, but connection with their faith in Jesus Christ. And so we will close our time in prayer as we hear those voices from Capernaum singing praises to God for the one who goes with us, no matter where it is we gather. Let us pray. Good and gracious God,